Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Let's talk about Gen Z instead. They are obsessed with the cult of wellness, so says the author Iona Gamble in her recent column at The Guardian. In her opinion, this idea can be dangerous and can marginalise people with health problems and of a lower socioeconomic status. So should we abandon the idea of living healthy? Iona Gamble, it's good to talk to you. How are you? Hi, I'm good, thank you. Ioni, will you tell me about your personal story? Because you come to this from uh, from a standpoint of having Crohn's disease and how did that affect your mental and physical condition? Sure. So I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease when I was 19. Um, so it was just after my first term at university. Um, I was kind of like rushed into hospital. I'd been poorly for a very long time, but obviously with um, the NHS here in England, it takes quite a while to be seen. Um, I was then hospitalised twice more in my first year. And since then, I've kind of been like in and out of different treatments, on and off medication. And obviously, when you're 19, it's kind of like you're just becoming an adult. And then suddenly I was kind of dealt this card of, oh, you're going to be sick for the rest of your life. So just as I was coming to terms with all of these like new things happening to me at uni and everything else, I had to deal with this thing that made me like very different from my peers. Yeah, an unbelievably difficult thing to take on when you're just starting at university. Totally. So I think it was a lot of getting used to, but... And there is a lot of like misunderstanding about chronic illness in the world in general. So that's definitely something that I try and tackle through my work and through my book as well. Okay, so this was this was the reason that you came to sort of get involved in this this subject. Do you felt a pressure from your peers or did you feel a pressure from your peers to pursue a healthy lifestyle? I think our like attitude in general as a society towards health has become so much more extreme, like in I was diagnosed nine years ago now. So in the nine years that I have had chronic illness, when I was first diagnosed, I didn't even really know that chronic illness was a thing. I thought you either got better or, you know, your condition was terminal. But now we have like so much more kind of language around this stuff, which is a good thing. But we also have so much more of like a collective anxiety about our health. It's kind of like not good enough to just be neutral in terms of your health, like get by. You have to actively be trying to better yourself and like to become more healthy. I think that's a pressure we see like on social media, definitely, but also just like on our TVs and through all media we consume. It's like health and wellness has kind of become entrenched in our culture as much as like music or films or any other thing that is like a hobby or a pastime. Yeah, no, it's absolutely true. It's it's everywhere. Everywhere you look, you know, there's this obsession, I think, with, with health. But why, in your opinion, is your generation the first to be so obsessed with wellness? I think we're just like, we have more access to it. We have like readily available access to so much information through the internet. And we have kind of these influencers or figures that pinpoint their personal brands and how they make their money on kind of peddling this advice, which often is not particularly scientific or perhaps not backed up by facts. But we see them as aspirational figures. So we, for example, want to like buy the juices they're drinking or do the exercises or buy the like athleisure clothes they're wearing. So I think that's why we're kind of more obsessed with it. But also, obviously, we're at like the tail end of a pandemic that has affected every single person. So I think it's very understandable that we're much more conscious about what health looks like and means. But I think in the extreme, it's just not doing anything good for us. Yeah, because on paper, it. It sounds like a very good thing that we're all much more aware of our diet and our health and exercising. But do you think it's not always good to chase this unattainable goal? 
of living healthy? I think it's kind of the fact that like health is the new morality. Like we kind of measure people's if we view them as a good or a bad person as to how healthy they are and how well they look after themselves. And obviously that presents a few issues because like a chronically ill people can only look after themselves to a certain extent as in we can, but it's like, I'm never going to be a hundred percent healthy because I'm just sick. I have an incurable illness. There's nothing I can do about that really. And it kind of makes like ill and disabled people even more of like a pariah in society. But then secondly, I think by focusing just on our individual selves, like, oh, if you exercise, your risk of heart disease is reduced by this much. We're kind of letting our governments and like our health people off the hook in terms of like having to look after all of us. So instead of, for example, advocating for more green spaces in low income areas, it's like, oh, just buy a Peloton and you can exercise in your living room. But who can really afford to do that? Right. I hear you. And there's a, so there's a. Do you also think there's a snobbery to it? Are people looking down on people who can't afford to be joining the gym and can't afford supplements and can't afford to do all the things that are being pushed on social media particularly? I think it's super aspirational and it definitely has like close links to celebrity culture. Like a lot of these people that are selling us these products are directly celebrities, whether it's like a Kardashian or Gwyneth Paltrow. And I think with anything that's aspirational, there's going to be the other side of the coin. Like people inevitably will be looked down upon if they aren't doing these things that are considered good for us. But the fact of the matter is it's just not accessible to everyone. And also we shouldn't be striving just for health. We should be striving for happiness, surely, like whatever that looks like for you. Yeah, whereas they've kind of become entwined, the two things. I mean, I, I'm looking at, what you know, I've got a question here about the entertainment industry and its role in this subject. And we're all watching Love Island at the moment. I mean, what do you what do you think about that? When, you, when you're a person who's literally trying to have a day that's pain free, you know, mm. let's say, as opposed to looking fabulous. How does it feel to watch a show like that? I mean, I, I can't even make up my own mind on it moralistically. <laughs> Yeah, I think that stuff like that is great escapism, but we can't divorce it from the actual worlds we're living in. And it obviously is so disconnected to kind of see these people that their life, their lives revolve around, like in and out of that villa revolve around the gym. Like I think especially with this season, there's a few characters, characters or like contestants, like Ekin Sue and Davide and a few of them that they're literally like, I want to find a partner that also loves the gym. For me... <laughs> Like Listen, there was somebody last night, there, there was a lad last night, I'm watching it, I have two teenagers so I have no yeah. choice to watch it so that I can comment on what's yeah. on what's going on. Last night, yeah, she asked him what he was interested in and he said, exercise, food and sleep. And right. I thought, oh dear God, that's, that's going nowhere <laughs> now, we'll all be bored out of our minds with this lad. <laughs> exactly, I think it's just so joyless, right? Especially if we're kind of making decisions on who we spend our time with or who we find like a romantic prospect based on like how often they use the gym and what food they eat. I just think it's like a completely quite a miserable way of assessing people's like good and bad qualities. Yeah, no, it, it's extremely boring to my mind. I mean, right. I'm, I'm all for a bit of moderation. I suppose how do we get this right is the question. You know, we do want to. I mean, certainly I, I think you were saying Gen Z drink less than the previous generation. And and that's a plus. That's an advantage. Certainly in Ireland, we need to reduce how much we drink. Mm. So I don't think... Oh, sorry. Um, I don't think it's a bad thing. Like, a lot of it isn't bad. And obviously, so much of this is hinged on, like, education. If we can educate people in a kind of, like, 
medium way as to what is good and what is bad for them. I think the problem is, is like when you bring in this aspiration factor. So like young people, people of all ages really are being sold things that don't necessarily work. And that could actually be doing the opposite. This is like across skincare, food and also exercise. So I think we have a problem with education, but we also have a problem with the fact that in the UK, at least, our like national health service is being stripped back, like the waiting lists are longer than ever. We need like a two tiered approach. We need to be educating people and teaching people to advocate for themselves. But we also need like infrastructure that means people aren't being, you know, left behind by our governments. It's a very, very good point, because I suppose ultimately it's saying, well, look, people can look after themselves. And if they don't, that's their problem. Exactly. Like, I mean, for my whole life, I can remember the debate of like, should smokers be allowed like access to free health care? And at the end of the day, it's just like calling some people good and some people bad when the world is a lot more complicated than that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it's it, You make some really interesting points. Do you want to mention the name of your book? It's called Poor Little Sick Girls. So, yeah, it's looking at kind of chronic illness through the lens of like a lot of stuff that's going on in our society. So also feminism, self-care, obviously wellness and all of these kind of issues that we're talking about at the moment. Thank you so much to my guest, Ioni Gamble, the author of Poor Little Sick Girls, A Love Letter to Unacceptable Women. Thank you so much for having me. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2 p.m. On News Talk.